This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. You know, each week, uh, Ryan, Tom, and I go back. We go way back. We watch every episode. I have watched every episode, mostly for the first time. And uh, we come up with our own opinions, our own thoughts about how we feel about the show now. And uh, with taking in, um, you know, the idea that uh, the show was filmed 20 some odd years ago. And uh, we're, uh, we try to keep it classy here. Sometimes they, we don't go classy. Uh, our socials are Talkville Podcast. Um, you know, it'd be nice if you uh, joined, subscribed, wrote a review on Apple or whatever. It really, truly helps the podcast. So if you're, if you're thinking it doesn't, it really does. If you want the show to pop up and, you know, get more popular, do it. And uh, last but not least, Patreon, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Talkville if you want to join and, you know, save the show, keep the show going. Couldn't do it without you. Um, if you didn't get a chance to uh, visit the hotline, it's 213-JET-Q. Leave your messages. Make sure they're short and uh, somewhat entertaining. And also, when you watch the episode, usually we're going to cover a lot of stuff. So try to think outside the box if you can, because then we won't repeat ourselves, because that, that's easy to happen. What I love about the questions is sometimes people notice things like the curious little things. They get missed. Those are my favorite ones. Yeah, they do. Uh, the listeners, you guys are much more in-depth, much more insightful, much more aware than a lot of things that we cover. And uh, I hope they're not so superficial, our, what we do. But it's just our thoughts. Yeah, it probably and, is. And we try to have fun. But uh, you could get all our information on the uh, on the handles, on our socials. Uh, if you go to at the Michael Rosenbaum on uh, my Instagram link, link tree, there's uh, there's pa, uh cons that tom and i are going to we do events where we do uh evenings with us where we read scenes and stuff you want to get in on that um and uh all that jazz and more talkville podcast for all that jazz. for all the merch there's so much and there's some new artwork coming in there's so much fun on that people are loving the the merch and uh i think you will too talkvillepodcast.com um without further ado let's get into it season two episode 17 this one's called legacy Title Legacy, April 14th, 2004. Director Greg Beeman. Two days after my 16th birthday. Thank you for aging us. Mm -hmm. Writers Jeff Lowe. I was, Lowe, I was wondering love. about that. <laughs> Guest star Timothy Paul Perez as Agent Tobin, Daniel Bacon, FBI agent John Shaw. Wait, scientist. is this is this a new thing? Ryan, how old were you when this episode aired? Well, this one Mr. specifically. Uh, Are we going to do this? Well, we can now. This one was, yeah, <laughs> April 14th, 2004. I was just about to take a very nervous driver's uh, lesson before I eventually got my driver's test. Did you pass? Well, I did, but I the lesson prior was so uh, horrendous. Like my my driving instructors called me a basket case and said, "You're probably not going to pass this thing." Had you ever had you ever driven a car? Like, did your parents take you into a parking lot and make you drive around cones, or did I, you drive tractors I or anything? Did all like, those were things? You, yep. And it didn't work. Well, I mean, eventually, I mean, I only did it once. I, I, I did pass, but like the, I was so nervous prior to it, my driving instructor. I'm terrible with tasks, yeah. with ta tests and tasks. Um, I remember I was in Indiana. Sure. My dad took me to take the driving or the write, written exam and you could only miss like three and I missed six. 
And uh, I just looked at the woman. And I go, I just, she goes, um, just real quick, answer these questions. You put this down, <laughs> pick another one. And I go, that one? She goes, yes, next one. This one is not right. And I go, this one? She goes, one more time. And I go, this one? <laughs> she she passed me. She got me through it. She goes, okay, you passed. You're good. Well, we all thank you. As as everybody who passed our tests, we thank that woman for helping you. It doesn't matter how many um, tests I take or how easy the test is or if I, I, I just, I don't like being, you know, I love trivia. You don't like being questioned. I don't like being tested. Gary Hudson as Frank Lloyd or Christopher Reeve as Dr. Virgil Swan. This is a big surprise to me. I didn't know he came back. So I was like, oh my gosh, he's back. I didn't know that John had a scene with him. I know. I had no idea. That surprised me. It was so good. Synopsis. Lex strikes a deal with feds to help take down his father who is enlisting Dr. Swan to help race against a terminal ailment and uncover the secret of the Kawachi Caves. When are we going to be done with those caves? Clark learns that Jonathan has been receiving more messages from Jarrell and that Lana is giving up on the idea of them being together. Uh, the episode begins with Martha scolding her husband for doing dangerous work on top of their roof and not listening to Clark's Oh, help. I don't like that word scold. I don't like that. Um, that, that, that. That insinuates that she was in the wrong. She was absolutely correct. Yeah, he just had a heart in attack. In bringing up that concern. Yeah. She wasn't scolding him. I, I'm just sorry. I, I didn't like scold. She's correct in that he's up there. I don't know how he got up there because I had never been on the top of that barn in reality on that set. But did you notice when he put the thing in its placement, how rickety that was? I was like, well, that's a cue right there. That's bad. That, that's why I didn't like it. I, everything Tom said. I'm just defending. Martha's absolutely I'm just defending. Jonathan responds. Martha and Annette. Jonathan responds in a very Jonathan Kent-like way and tells her to beat it as he's singing. Equipment, he receives high-pitched signal that causes him to lose balance and fall from the roof. That was dope. Clark speeds over and over in time, catches him before he hits the ground, and then grabs that thing at the top. When Bro, I rewatched that stunt sequence when he rolls off so of it good. like four times. His stunt double was perfect. It looked like John. Oh, perfect. yeah. Dude, that was one of the best stunts ever on the show. It looked like John Schneider was actually falling. How often yeah. did he do his own stunts? I bet he did them when he thought he could, but like, you know, when you get start to get in your forties and fifties, let the stunt guys do their jobs. I don't, I don't know John very well, but I feel like he would claim to do more stunts than actually ended up on camera. Yeah, I fell <laughs> off the roof. That was, was me. That correct? Yeah, uh, I'm a stunt guy. Did you ever watch Dukes? I fall. Upset that nobody else has heard the noise in a fit of anger, Jonathan tells his son, "Damn it, Kal-El, I can do it myself," which convinces Cart that Jarrell is somehow behind this. We resume where we left off with Lionel sitting on the couch staring down a pistol. He decides against offing himself when he gets a phone call and arranges for the choppers to be ready. And boy, that hair is something. I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing. Again, I've said this before, I think we season one. John Schneider himself as an actor was very adamant about that Jonathan had his own life outside of Clark. You know what I mean? Like he didn't just cater to what Clark was doing all the time. Let me just help you, son. Like whatever you need. John had his own um, agenda trajectory. And that's what you see here. He's walking away from Clark. He's got his own things. And that's why you see Clark being like, how do I navigate this? Because John Schneider is an actor. It's important that your character has its own life within the scene. And I guess I I personally saying like, that's a good thing to learn. I learned that from John. I personally think that Martha and Jonathan owe, owe, owe Kal-El. They owe Clark because their lives are probably the most mundane 
you know, just boring lives, like living on a farm, doing farm stuff. And then this kid comes in and now they have to go. It's just an adventure. It's not always easy, but it's like they, they probably it's like getting a puppy for an older dog. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, we get to that in this episode where John's looking back, Jonathan Kent's looking back on his life and the mistakes he made. And Clark says, like taking me in. And John does a great way of saying, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, he enriched their lives. Back in Smallville, Clark takes the spaceship key to the Kawachi Caves to confront his biological father. He pleads to take Jonathan's end of their deal, and the key begins blasting in the wall, into the wall, hand blasting. This is stopped prematurely when Lionel walks in. Lionel asks about Jonathan's health and then talks about the love of his son house for his father and how cherished it is because you only get one. Ironic based on what we learned about Lionel and his parents. Murderers. Murderer. The next day, Lionel visits Lex to let him know that the octagonal hole in the caves is back and Clark opens it back up. Lex mocks his father for being obsessed and possibly mentally ill. Mid-conversation, we see that Lex is bugged and the whole conversation is being listened to by the feds. Yeah, but the good thing is, see the flip between Lionel and Lex? In the last episode, Lex goes to Lionel and wants things. Now, literally, from a photographic camera point of view, Lionel's coming in to ask Lex for things. I thought that was a good camera thing that they did. And that's Beeman's genius. Yeah, I like the juxtaposition of like Lex almost becoming Lionel, kind of like going, hey, you know, he's like, it was like, oh, the mentally ill, it must run in the family. Uh, you should probably check yeah. that out, Dad. On the Kent farm, Jonathan is talking to the spaceship key, coming to grips with the fact that he may be facing his own mortality soon. Clark goes to console his dad and tells him that Jarrell is not his real father. Good scene. Solid scene. Later, Lex heads to where the feds are hiding out to do some snitching. They are upset that he's hiding the truth in the caves and not sharing his suspicions of Clark Kent. And Lionel takes a trip to visit Dr. Swan. Lionel has been reading Swan's emails back and forth to Clark and wants to understand what is written on the walls of the Kawachi Caves. Swan is resistant to Lionel's charm and bribery and puts the pieces together that Lionel is dying and desperate to find what is in the caves as some sort of last-ditch cure. So at the time, you have to remember when this aired, the email thing wasn't quite what it is now. And I think that the, the fact that not only does Swan understand without knowing that this is what Lionel's been looking at the emails, this is a big revelation that you can look at other people's emails mm-hmm. at the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the whole hacking thing wasn't what it is now. Right. The security wasn't there. So I thought that was really cool. And I mean, Chris was just a genius and to have... The two of them together and the way Beeman filmed it, obviously, you know, Chris, Chris can't move. And his eyes was see, so great with his eyes and looking down and look, it just, he was so present. And you see what Beeman did, he had Lionel moving back and forth to give movement. It was just, oh, Beeman's a it genius. It was really good. Beeman's a genius. And they did that thing where two powerful men talk, talk at each other without looking at each other, like their backs are to each other. Yeah, like, yeah. As Lionel leaves, Swan tells him that he isn't prepared for what happens We're when Game he of puts Thrones. the key into the lock. Lionel tells him he's willing to take the risk. Then this piques Swan's interests. From here, Lionel takes a whole crew down into the caves to resume working on the octagonal hole. Clark shows up and confronts Lionel, who is adamant about that Clark's obsession with the caves is deeper than school-related. Clark flips it back on Lionel and tells him that he is obsessed by having his friends spy on him. And that night, the FBI raids the Kent's property by breaking and throwing all their belongings as part of a search warrant. I thought that was aggressive. Really aggressive. 
Later, Lana consoles Clark inside the town, who's upset with that Jonathan took off in his truck and it hasn't come back yet. He apologized for unloading on her, and then they start kissing. She stops him and tells him it's not a good idea because they've tried this once before. I just lo- I just always enjoy when Lana stands up for herself. Yeah. I really like it. She's like, what is it's this? Good. Am I going to do this again? I'm going to get myself hurt again? I'm not. What am I doing? But we'll get into other things that are even darker and deeper and weird. Magically, Clark finds his father doing a very Lana-like thing by visiting a family gravesite during the middle of the night. Jonathan is reflecting on the issues between Clark and himself and not sure he can protect his son anymore. Clark says they still need him and the two head back home. I thought this was a brilliantly written scene, maybe because I'm a father now, but that moment of like, I don't know how to protect you anymore. I mean, it's just, I just thought it was beautiful, you know, and, and the Clark says, we still need you, dad, because here he is as a father saying, there's no use for me anymore. I mean, how more... How more like vulnerable can you be than than that moment as a father? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's I know it's a little thing, and I might be be a little like whatever about it, but I just I get more out of this. Right, I'm sure when I shot this scene, I wasn't thinking that way. You yeah, know I what wonder. I, mean? I wonder how but, much um, how much this uh, how much motivation this gave other parents who might have been watching with their show with their kids at the time to sort of be more upfront with their kids, to more be more honest. Obviously, I don't think my dad ever watched it, but you know, my parents, I don't I come from a very closed off family where it's just all secretive, it's all you know, they're always right, I'm always wrong and um I don't know what that would be like where a father would be so vulnerable and it was Well, a I'll, t- thing. I'll tell you where. I was listening to your podcast and you had uh what's his name from Less Than Zero? Um not Robert John Andrew Jr., McCarthy. but the other one. Andrew McCarthy went on that hike with his son. Yes. And he talks about when he fell and all he wanted to do when his son reached to help him, he everything in his blood was like, don't help me. And then he realized how good it is to allow your son to help you. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Those moments of vulnerability. It 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 it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I my dad to... has only had like a a few moments of that when my sister passed away. Um that was really He's confided in me a couple times, but he's never really been interested in me. It's always just help him out, but it's only happened a couple of times where, but seeing him vulnerable, it made me feel like, oh, he's human. And and I, I don't get to see that a lot. Later that evening, Lana meets with Lex in his office. They talk by the fireplace. She admits that she is starting to lose faith that Clark can change even after kissing. Instead of playing wingman, Lex tells her that she needs to remember all their past experiences together and not just make decisions based on their last interaction confusing to me it was confusing um like lex recites that thing from the poet about i don't know i just i don't know if i've come to grips with what that really means but it's a good tool for the story this episode is sponsored by better help you know a lot of us wish we had more time but time for what if time was unlimited how would you use it The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Talkville. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Jonathan and Clark arrive home to a frantic Martha who tells them that the FBI raided the barn and they took the key. Jonathan says that's not true and whips it out of his pocket. And after Lana leaves, Lex is having another fireside conversation with some German businessman. When Clark barges in to tell him about the FBI raid, Lex asks Clark what is really going on in the case because his father wouldn't push for no reason. Uh, Clark gets suspicious that there's something Lex isn't telling him. And then Bryce asks, Michael, was this your decision to do the German thing based on your favorite uh, Rave Macbeth? Yeah, I think they had a different accent, a different dialect, a different um, language to speak. And I said, let me do German because I have a decent grasp on it. And um, Do you remember what you said? I remember at one point I said, ich bin müde, which means, all right, guys, I'm done with this meeting. I am tired. I'm tired. Ich bin müde. Uh, <laughs> you know, I said a few things that I knew, and I added some of the things that they had me put in there. But did you buy it that I knew a little German? No, it's just because I've heard you speak it so many times. I was like, was that your decision? Like, yeah. Because I don't think that was. It right. was. They asked me, do you speak any languages? And I said, no, but I, I know a little German. Yeah. Because that could make myself, you know, say certain words and things like that. <laughs> But but it gives it, like it's so it's subtle, but it gives Lex like a lot of depth. Like oh, there's a story behind all yeah. that too. Yeah, he knows German. He knows uh-huh. why does he know how? Why to... is he making business with Germans? Yes, Ooh, I hmm. don't know. Lex leaves and goes to confront Detective Loader. Clark tails Lex and finds him talking with the agents, revealing a wire. Clark uses super hearing to learn that Lex is working as a rat. Once outside, Clark blows up on Lex, who tries telling him that they are only worried about going after Lionel. Not only that, but Lex tells him that Virgil Swan isn't as trustworthy as he thinks. Next day, Clark goes to confront Swan and yells at him for betraying his trust. Swan calmly tells him that he was wrong about thinking that Clark was ready to learn about his past. Clark tries asking about the spaceship's warning that he will conquer worlds. He goes on to talk about the danger of Jorel. Swan tells him he needs to pump the brakes or he will risk exposing his secret to the world. Do you realize how empty that room is? There's nothing in that room. And as an actor, you use your space. And when there's no space, you have to like go into a different gear. And that's what I saw happening here. Like there's no chair. There's no bar to go get a drink. There's no distractions. And you're just in there together. Watching this, I kept thinking, all right, I'm, all right how's Tom going to play this? Is he going to be a little nervous about Christopher Reeve? Or is it going to be, you know, is he going to tiptoe? Is he? And you were so confident and so adamant and so in your character that whatever you did, it just was believable, and you looked upset, and uh, I really enjoyed this moment with you guys. I was like, ah, Tom's fucking holding his ground here. Well, it's it's a great example of being in a scene with an actor when you're both there together. Yeah. You know? You're both in it together. There's nothing else, and it's, man, it's such a, there's such freedom in that to explore the emotion of yeah. what you're going through. Um, I thank you for saying that. It means a lot. You it's saying true. that, but I, to not to sound whatever, I saw it too. 
Like there's you focus should. there. It was powerful yeah. and it was uh yeah. it was uh it was motivated and it was you made a choice and you stuck with it. And it wasn't like you were tiptoeing around and trying to figure it out or read the lines a certain way or you were in that moment. You were in that scene and I felt that. So cool. Thanks. Swan reveals a screen that with Kryptonian symbols from a message that oriented originated on Earth saying, I am waiting. Swan believes the message was not meant for Clark. We then cut to a scene where Jonathan grabs a spaceship key and leaves the property. Jonathan takes the key out and a shotgun down to the Kawachi caves. He scares the Luther crew out of the caves and begins to fight with Lionel, which is pretty dope. They start throwing blows, headbutts, destroying the equipment in the caves. Who would have thought Lionel could fight? Mid-fight, they be- the key begins <laughs> to light up, and suddenly both men begin to battle for it. The key pulls itself into a piece of machinery near the octagonal hole. Clark shows up and stops the fight between Lionel and Jonathan. At the same time, the Luther crew shows back up. Everyone settles down, and Lionel discovers that the hole is now covered up, and he believes that the key is now in the wall. I love when Jonathan turns to Clark and he asks where the key is, and Clark goes, I don't have it. Like, the way the way that line's delivered nails it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways you could say that. I don't have it. I don't have it. Do you have it? You know what I mean? It just, it all works. This yeah. is really great. The next day, Clark is doing chores on the farm and Lana shows up to finish their previous conversation. Clark reaffirms his feelings for Lana. Horrible hair. Horrible hair. Worst hair I've ever seen on Clark. I never noticed it. Did you notice it? Oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's the worst. I must have just got a bad haircut. They like pulled the hair down in the front. That's all I could think about this whole scene. Other than the fact that that Kristen nailed this scene. I'm like. I didn't notice it. Yeah, I think I got a haircut like mid episode. Clark which you never reaffirms his feelings for Lana and gets pissed off when she starts spewing advice she received from no other than Lex Luthor. Lana tells him that her focus on Clark is making her miss out on the opportunities in life. Jonathan catches up with his son and asks about his convo with Lana. Clark diverts the conversation, wanting to talk about the fight in the caves and what his father uh, promised Jarrell. Clark wants to help Jonathan, won't let him. The episode ends with us seeing that Dr. Swan is in possession of the key. But how did Jonathan give him the key or? You know what? I thought I missed something. When, when he, when Swan has the key, I was like, I had to go back. I'm like, did I miss a scene? Like what's, it just raises the level of which Swan is like, he, is he a part of the kryptonite thing or Krypton thing? Like, is he? Is he in cahoots with Jarrell? Well, the key went into the wall and now Swan has it. So is Swan Jarrell? I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think Jarrell would be. Uh, who knows? But we kind of skimmed over the Lex Lana scene, and that was like in front of the fireplace, right? And it was this intimate conversation, and it was kind of ambiguous because we, what he was saying was, it, uh, was he honestly, you know, she was saying, you know, it's all Clark, and he he said something like, um. It's not about our last interactions. It's about our whole relationship. And was he throwing Clark under the bus? Did you feel that? I felt like he was a little more, there's a little more energy toward Lana than, no, than normal. But I don't think he's being creepy. I don't think he wants to sleep with Lana or anything like that. She's in high school. No, They're like, he loves I Clark still. I think he's seeing Lana's value in his objective a little bit more. That's what I see. Whatever that objective is. Maybe if, yeah, maybe if she could, I don't know. Do you think maybe if, you know, I can get her to trust me and then I could find out more information about Clark? I don't know. Uh, second time working with Christopher Freeve, you obviously enjoyed it. We don't have to get into that, but uh, it's always a, a blessing. 
uh, heavy Schneider Glover episode. I thought they both did a great job. Um, I, I laughed at times when Jonathan uh, was on top of Lionel and they were trying to get to the thing. And I could just imagine them joking around and Lionel saying, take it easy, Jonathan, <laughs> you know, and, or John Glover saying it to John Schneider, goofing around and them having a good time doing it. And uh, also just committing when the camera rolls, they are in character. But uh, Glover was always one to have fun. Even Schneider, they would laugh and then you'd say action and, and things would happen. Um, but uh that was a fun scene. All, all in all, this episode, uh, well, we'll get into that. Interesting things of note. Interesting. Things this was Christopher of Reeve's note. final acting role before his death. But in Lex's German, since he says first, we must reduce cost, and then, gentlemen, I'm late. It's late. I'm tired. We can speak tomorrow. These are French in the German version of the episode. These lines are French in the German version of the episode. Oh, interesting. Well, in the German well, I- dub. Like, oh, because you know I mean? the German, they wanted, German version, they it, put uh, somebody to speak French. If you, yeah, if you're watching in German, Lex speaks French to those guys. So they wanted, so they did what we did is they wanted you to sound more exotic. Well, yeah. the guy who probably played Lex in German, mm-hmm. you know, who dubbed all my dialogue, probably didn't. Um, well, they just needed another language did, for him. To didn't speak know how to speak German. German. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't exactly. <laughs> he could have done it in English. Yeah, he could have done it in English. Um, yeah. Pete Ross and Chloe Sullivan do not appear in this episode. I think yeah. they get paid because it's all episodes, but I don't know what their deal was. No, I know you don't. You don't get paid every episode. You get paid certain episodes that you appear in. No, nope. My deal was I get paid for every episode produced, whether I'm in it or not. But even when you left the show? No, not when I left the show because I wasn't <laughs> on the show anymore. But my contract had ended. Jonathan Kent's statement, duking it out, cemetery scene with Clark, is most likely one of the allusions to the Duke's hazard. The outside shots of the building where Lionel and later Clark meet with Dr. Swan is the Dakota building in New York City, infamous building where John Lennon was killed in December 1980. Do you know who killed? Do you know who killed uh, John Lennon? What was his name? He read that book, too. Uh, his He's name, got three names, I'm Mark, sure. Mark. His name was Mark. Do we, have Mark, to, do we have to remember the name of the guy who uh, shot a guy in cold Can blood? you look it up and then we can go back and make it, it was look Mark like Michael something. actually I want to know. It's name. in my head. Mark something. John Lennon. Mark. Ch- ch- Mark. Ch- Mark. Ch- John Lennon. Death. Mark. Murder of John Lennon. From, I feel like he's got Mark three David names. Chapman. Mark David Chapman. See, I said Mark yeah. David, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And then Assassins I, always have three names. <laughs> If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 
Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, now it's time for the hotline. Talk this is uh, patron privileges. If you're a patron, you get to also ask questions, and uh, it's one of the perks. And patreoncom slash talkville And here is Jen N. Jen N. Jen N. Jen with an N. Hey guys, Jen from Seattle here. Um, I just watched the episode Legacy, and I was wondering, 20 years later, having watched it myself. I see everything from a different perspective, looking at uh, Lionel and Jonathan and how they're dealing with their illness and and all that and wondering, you know, did you guys look at it differently when you watched it again this time? Uh, and if so, how? And also, welcome to my Walkville Talkville. <laughs> Thanks, guys. She's hiking through the woods in her Talkville sweatshirt. Thanks, Jen. Tom? For me, looking at it now, I see the gravity of each scene I mean, this is a very tight episode. I mean, it's the story, the the way it's filmed, the way it's edited, it's very tight. There's no wasted moment in this episode. It's a really, really good, well-executed episode on many levels. Um, I don't think I probably knew that at the time. I was probably just yeah. trying to get through the day <laughs> yeah. in most cases. But this is an extremely well-done episode. And again, more adult. It felt like yeah. there were adults doing things, and that's more interesting to me. Even when yeah. I was younger, I felt like uh, that was more interesting. I just felt like, get out of the love triangle. Get out of the stupid stuff. Just stay with the story. These are such complicated characters, and you have so much to work with. Stay here. Stay here. And, uh, you know, when it doesn't, I get upset. And when it does, I get so happy. So it's kind of a constant, you know, high and low uh, here's Leanne. Hey guys, it's Leanne, your patron from Sacramento. So how much of this episode's title had to do with Christopher Reeve passing along the Clark Kent slash Superman legacy to you, Tom? Thanks guys. Bye. Ah, good question. I, I, I don't know. I just told this story before when I first met Chris, when we, we worked together on a previous episode, he said, I'm glad that they chose you to be the next Superman. And I said, well, they didn't. And he said, <laughs> and they should. You, he said they should. Um, so I had that going for me. I, it, when you talk about confidence, perhaps, but um, 
I think the I think the title has more to do with the legacy of you know this character that we're trying to portray in this series. But um, obviously, Chris's legacy is I mean, people say Superman. That's who I think of. So yeah, and I think yeah, I'm thinking about that. The title of the episode was Legacy. It was a lot about father son relationships. Yeah, it specifically, was. I know it's a it's throughout the entire show, but this one really honed in on it, and it was also about. Uh, yeah, the the whether Clark's real father and like who he, yeah, it was all about that. Yeah, and how Jonathan kind of rejected it, but also accepted it, and how Clark was wasn't really sure which one he wanted to accept yet. Right. Look at the big brain on bread over here, Ryan Tayu Tayus. Tay it together. This is kind of a Cat Stevens episode, wasn't it? Here we go. This is uh, John. John. Johnny. <laughs> That's what do you got for us, Bubba? Hey guys, this is John from Indiana calling about season three, episode 17, Legacy. Question for all you guys, in that one scene in the second half of the episode where it's just Lex and Lana talking, I was just wondering what you guys thought about this, and if you think Lex is maybe getting a little too flirty, maybe, or is he still kind of in that friendship area where he isn't crossing any any lines? Curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, if you're asking about that and you're unsure, then I did the perfect job of ambiguity. Um... Because you could totally play into that with, you know, so many looks and things like that. But Open felt- the definition of ambiguous. Ambiguous. Open to more than one interpretation, having a double meaning. There you go. That's exactly right. So uh, I, I don't think he's being creepy, in my opinion. I think he's just an older guy who's got some information. And these are my thoughts. And these are great people who uh, I have quoted. And, um, you know, they have an insight into relationships and take with, with it what you will. Hey guys, this is Nicole from Plymouth, Massachusetts. Did any of you guys notice when Clark is in the caves and he's screaming for Jarrell, his voice cracks when he says, Jarrell, I'm the one you want. Um, Tom was curious if you remember what happened with this and why that edit got left in, but uh, definitely was a little bit of comedic relief from, from my perspective. So uh, Yeah, you, you know what? I heard it too. It was a little <laughs> thing where your voice cracks, but I liked it because it was in the moment. I-, I think it was definitely in the moment I think that you have to you have to understand who you're talking who your character is talking to and you have to sometimes give up authority or take authority or at least try to do one of the two and I imagine in that moment I I was you know it's it's scary trying to reach out to this to this entity which you don't know you're terrified and I you know none of that stuff's in the script it's all how you want to deliver the line more or less with the director's input so I would imagine Clark's scared. Hey guys, it's Jen T from Brunswick, Maine. We know that this was the last episode that featured Virgil Swan, played by the incredible Christopher Reeve, as he passed away six months after this episode aired. Tom, can you talk about your experience with him during the second shoot? And did you and John Glover travel together to New York like you did prior to shoot the scenes? Thanks. Bye. Huh, I'm question. sorry. I, I just don't recall. Good question. I don't recall um, watching the episode. I was so surprised to see that John and and Chris were talking that uh, I don't know maybe it'll come to me in a dream after talking about this, but we'll see. All right. Did you travel with John Glover? She asked. I don't recall. He's a he's uh, so John lives in L.A. and New York. So he probably he's, was he there. wasn't based in Vancouver. So most likely he traveled on his own. Hey, Michael and Tom, this is John from Yorktown, New York. Michael, in the scene when Clark comes into the mansion, you're speaking German. Uh, I listened to it inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, so I, I've heard you speak German before. Do you know how to actually how to speak the language, or is it more just kind of like you just memorize the lines? Thanks. 
You know, I don't know how to really speak it. I, I mean, I can say things. I know how to say. I know how to say. Um, can um, you answer this question in German? <laughs> I know how to say like, um, you know, good morning, good morning, uh, guten Tag, good afternoon, good night. Uh, I am tired. Uh, where I was staying, I lived on Prince Regentenstrasse. Strasse is street. Regentenstrasse. Friedens angle is freedom angle. I know this is my nose, is my nose, my maul is my mouth, Algen is my eyes, head is Kopf, Kopf Schmerzen's headache. I know certain things like this that. Is, this, yeah, this is riveting. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop now. <laughs> but I, I don't really know how to speak it. No, I don't know how to speak it. Uh, Amerigo. Amerigo. Hey, my name is um, Amerigo Garcia from Edinburgh, Texas, and I have a comment for the episode Legacy of Season 3. Dr. Virgil Swan, played by um, Christopher Reeve, he does such a great job acting there. You really see his range, and uh, it's so dynamic and uh, interesting. You can really tell, you can see that the Juilliard training come through. It was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, just a tremendous actor. I think he was roommates with um, uh, Robin Williams. I think they were roommates at Juilliard. Is that true? I think that one of the right. things... Yeah. One of the things that I take away from his performance is you see him listening yeah. and you see him responding not to what someone said, but listening to what they said and then responding in his own way. And I think that's, whether that's Juilliard, whether that's Time in the Saddle on set, I think it's a very important thing. Michael, you've talked about that before with John, with working with John Glover about, are you listening to me? Those sort of things. You, you, you have to be able to Take your time when you hear someone say something. Listen to what they say, you have and to. then respond. You have to. It's the and I, key. That's what I saw him doing. It's the key to everything. It's honestly um, listening and then responding. You don't respond before you've heard what you're gonna, what someone's saying. I mean, you, sometimes you do. You cut them off because they're boring. No, well, most of the time we do in life, but yeah, on set in no. life we interrupt people. But no, yes, yeah. this is uh, Dan. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Dan from Johnsburg, Illinois, calling about season three, episode 17, Legacy. So at the end of the episode, Dr. Swan is looking at the octagonal disc kind of, I don't know if it's menacingly or curiously. What do you guys interpret his final stare at the disc being? Because we never truly got a resolution to it. Thank you guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Bye. Thanks, man. Uh, I think ambiguous. I, I didn't know exactly what it was. I thought it was just good enough where you just, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? And I didn't know. I would also imagine with the way that scripts come out and the timing, I will, I'll go out on a limb and guess that Chris didn't know. There's no way that they told him what, what was the to next come? time. No, because it's seen, it's, it's, it's script by script. You're lucky to see the next script halfway through the episode you're already filming. Yeah. He had no so, idea. I'm sure he left it open to interpretation. And I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful moment. It's probably the last time we see him on camera ever. Um, and it, he nailed it. Because I even watch it being like, what is going on? Do you know if he watched the episodes that he was in? I don't know. I was asking his son. I wonder if he did. I wonder if he actually watched them. Because I, I, I think he'd be I proud. Think, I think because of what he said to me the first time I met him, he must have referenced the show prior. Maybe. Like he didn't just say what he said because I was standing in front of him in those two scenes we shot. I just meant I think the, he, the scenes he was in. Did he? Do you think he ever watched those? I don't know. I don't know. Peter, international folks. Michael, do you wish there would have been some story interweaving Lex with Doctor Swan so he could have worked with Christopher? Reeve? Of course. Oh my gosh, I thought about it. I was so upset that Lex didn't have a scene. 
Like they, they could have just said, you know, he said, you know, you're Dr. Swan. I've noticed this stuff. You're, oh, you're Lex Luthor. You're, uh, you're Clark's friend. So why are you asking about him if you're his friend? Yeah. And it's like, well, Dr. Swan, it's more to that. There's, why is there more than that? Why can't he just be, you know, there could have been something where it's like, I know your, I know your father. He came, you know, I, you know, you have a, a tradition. Yeah, like at a foundation meeting, like you showed up at his foundation. Yeah, at charity something, event or something. Where, yeah. and he just kind of like says, be careful, Lex. You know, almost like Ryan did, like, be careful of Lex. Like, you know, be careful, you know. <laughs> Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you for, for coming on, on, on Talkville. And I just want to know what your time was like, because we, we just watched a scene with you and Christopher Reeve. So what was it like working with Christopher Reeve for you? See, I'd worked with Christopher Reeve before his accident at uh, Williamstown. Theater, yeah. Um, yeah. And then when we worked on Smallville, which we did, right? Mm -hmm. He And I said this to his agent. I said, he he's better now after that accident than he was before you know what's funny is when i was when we were watching it where his performance the way his he thought his listening his everything it just was really incredible to watch you guys both go at it mm -hmm. and that's how you thought you told his agent that well and, yeah and, he, and and his agent said yes that's true he's 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 a much better actor now isn't that, that something after that accident that paralyzed him yeah Wow. Well, are you excited? Did he remember you? Oh, sure. Yeah. And how long ago before that was Williamstown? 20 years? 30 years? Uh, yes. It was a long time ago. It was a long, long time ago. Um, do you remember at all shooting the scenes in, I won't say an episode because you won't remember Asylum. I don't even remember Asylum, but like episodes where Lex is in a straitjacket. Do you remember those scenes where you're looking at me through the window? Oh, I think so. Yes, you in your straitjacket. Yeah, those were really into. Do you remember any moments of those days at all, just in general, of those scenes where you're torturing your own son and what uh, motivated you or what? Uh, I remember weeping. After I'd given you shock treatment. Yes. Yeah. Which yes. I don't know where it came from, but I just remember weeping. And I didn't plan it or anything. And they kept it? I think so. Yeah, because it I just didn't... shows you teared up. It shows you really emotional. I, I, I didn't watch the show, so I don't know if they kept it or not. What, what, what's baffling to me is you don't, you didn't watch almost any episodes of Smallville and your performance... I think we should do something where we put a collage of scenes with Lex and Lionel and just moments for you that you could just watch sequentially uh -huh. instead of whole shows. But you could just sit there and go, you know, I, there was an episode we just watched where you, you're fighting for the key and you and John Schneider are fighting in the caves. Oh, is that when I kill him? No. no when he dies? Mm -mm. We were having this fight because he was so, you know, he he was intimidating to me because he was you know man 
Right. Man, you know, <laughs> I mean, that series that he did. Yeah. And they're the kind of guys that high school that used to, you know, throw sand in my face and stuff. Um, but he was obviously a nice guy. He wasn't that guy. Yeah, no, because he would help me with the scenes and the fighting, the fighting. You know, I, I mean, he wasn't saying, you know, you're not doing it right. He just very beautifully helped me uh, fight better. And and I, but I think the irony that I found about that was if this one fight we were in and he died, and then I start courting his wife. <laughs> that's when I started yes. after Annette. Yes, yeah. that's right. Well, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you. Tom loves you. Ryan loves you. Uh, you're awesome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Uh, Rosenbaum rating system. We'll start it with Tom. Well, two and a half. This was a solid episode. Two and a half roses. It was a very good episode. Willing. Rhino, I don't want you to think of what he said now. Just now you're thinking, oh, (laughs) maybe I should give it more. What was your gut before Tom spoke? It was 1.5. Ryan's like German, French. What is it? He wants a 1.5 on that. (laughs) He gives it a 1.5. Mm. I like that. I think a rose and a half is pretty solid. I think it was a rose and a half to two. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it two roses. I thought it was pretty damn good. I'm going to give it two roses. Death and save count. Death and save count. Two, zero died. Zero people died in this episode. Maybe that's why it was so good. Two well, saved. Clark saves Jonathan from falling. Lionel gets saved by a phone call. Through 17 episodes in season three, 27 dead, 27 saved. <laughs> Series, 86 dead, 97 saved. It is now time for Ryan's favorite scene. Ryan's all righty. Um, all right, scene one is Virgil and Lionel and their whole standoff. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Scene two, Jonathan and Clark in the graveyard. And then scene three... Uh, the Lionel and Jonathan fight in the cave. Mm, damn, these are hard. Yeah. Should I go first? You go. Yeah, you go first. I've already circled mine. That's mine right there. No matter what you say, I already circled mine. <laughs> what was the third one again? The fight? The fight in the cave. You're, you're probably going to say that, but I'm going to say Virgil and Lionel. What do you say, Tom? I'm going to say Graveyard. Graveyard. I don't even remember the, the graveyard. graveyard. That no, Man. just like screw you. I mean, it it was we just right. talked about I, I, it. It made me Legacy. think of my dad, and I was like, I'm gonna call my dad after this scene is over. I didn't, and I should have. Oh. I wanted to well, <laughs> call him now. 
Call him now. Call him now. Michael calls Al. You call your dad right <laughs> now on dad. air. Let's see it. Well, you know, it's it's definitely easier to talk about an episode that was so engaging, so fun to watch. You know, you had Christopher Reeve. You had some great scenes with Glover and Schneider. You had great scenes with, uh, you know, a good scene with me and Lana, with me and Lionel, um, Clark and Lex. Uh, you know, it's it just felt really tight. Yeah, like every scene, every scene mattered. It mattered. It every, mattered. Every scene mattered. mattered. But Ryan gave it only one and a half, so that's just the way it's going. Look who's shitting <laughs> on the show now. Mm-hmm. Ryan has begun to chat on the show. <laughs> All right, that's Another it for the episode. Stick around next week for a fun time. No lie, as we talk about season three, episode seventeen, called Truth. Eighteen. Uh, it is 18. It would be 18. Mm. Take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode on our socials at Talkville Podcast. Show support for the podcast by joining Patreon at patreon.com slash Talkville. Really helps us uh, so we can continue doing this series for you and for us. Um, if you want more information like merch from the show, talkvillepodcast.com. Tom and I are on the on the, on the uh cameos uh if you go to my instagram link tree there's a, tons of links for all the shows we're going to and uh all that great stuff so i appreciate it we appreciate it and uh we love you and we can't thank you enough and ryan why don't you say it always no wait, no remember folks remember folks always hold on to smallville let's do take two can you do it with a little more yeah. sincerity and subtlety remember folks <laughs> Kind of like just, hey. As if you meant it. We're, we're giving you mean, Ryan an, an, an right. acting thing here. All right. Here we go. Remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. Ooh, that was sincere. Can we do one? Can we do one Maybe more? Yeah, let's do one more, Tom. Do it. Do it as if people are arguing about not wanting to remember Smallville. You're interrupting them. Remember, like, hey. remember. Remember. Yeah, there you go. Remember, folks. Always hold on to Smallville. Nice. Last one. This Couple is it. This is the that. end. I want you to be a little bit like <laughs> you just don't care at all. Like you, you just have to say it. You don't even care. You're not even listening to what you're saying. Oh, this will be easy. Throw away. <laughs> Remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. <laughs> all right. Well, I would have done something like. He knows how to take a note. <laughs> uh, Remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. All right, now it's time for the uh, big shout-outs. The big, big shout-outs are top-tier patrons, patreon.com slash talkville. Could not do it without you guys. You know that. You're the reason we're here, and we love you. And Tom, take us off. Take us take us off? I would like to start off, start us off with Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C. Thank you for your long message. Santiago M, Lita Lisa, Thomas Elite Floor, Sophie M, Betsy D, Abhi P, Ray H, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Leilani, and Brett G, always hold on to Smallville, Esteban G, DJ Kento in the house, Garrett W, Kimberly L, Tom N, Jason W, Osama, what up, A, 
Lana rhymes with banana. W. Nancy D. Brian G. Sarah W. Amanda R. Teddy one two seven. Michael P. Theo M. Ryan R. Jordan M. Hillary B. Randy B. Of course you are. Craig G. Christy R. Karen P. Jorel. Hi, Dad. Heather and Craig. Great meeting you in D.C. Nico P. I made Talkville say butts. Brian H. Eric K. Kristen B. Craig C. Nanine W. Stephanie K. Darth Achilles. Finky. Tamara H. Stephen F. Damn. Who's that? Jeanette E. Deadvid. General Zod. Big D. Doug R. Carlos C. Gosh, I thought you were going to read all of them, for God's sakes, which is fine. I, I was thinking about it. Doing it. And just waved to the camera. Tommy Z. Boston 68. Ken the Limerick Guy. Coriel. Mr. Home Arcade. What are you playing, Pac-Man? A little Qbert. Amanda K, Jesse C, Claire M, D Brown, Karen Era M, L Down Supremo, Dan, good seeing you when you were in LA, Leslie V, McBurts, Ginger Moose, Christoph S, Michelle M, Drew, Brittany S, Marisol P, Michael Kane doesn't blink. Why don't you say Michael Kane doesn't blink, Ryan? You like doing that? Get your kid. Michael Kane. Oh, you're, he's, his mic's not on. Sebastian F, Sourpuss Cranky Pants, Matthew and Lincoln B, The Coopers, Mary and Louise L, CGO, Cindy C, Nikki L, Big Bash Bosch's Lemon Pledge. They brought me Lemon Pledge at the uh, con in Orlando. Thank you. Shannon. Do you use it? Him. Yeah, my butt. Can, can you take that on the plane? I should. I got to tell you what happened to me. Oh, I was peeing a few minutes ago. Brian S, Tina E, Matt R, Jen T, Cassie B, Felicia R, Dan M, D S, the R N, J S, Rachel D, Ginger Primus, and Nate D. When you're rich, you aren't crazy. You're eccentric. Paul W, Jonas One, Samantha S, Derek Starkville, Spicy Brown says. Sounds like my pants. Carrie Ann, the Alexander Castle, Daryl E, Kyle F, Charlene A, and Spicy Chicken. Oh, yeah. Good. Love me some spicy chicken. We uh, mm. we thank you guys dearly. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you have a great week. Good day. Good day.